The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of the Real News Communications Network. Welcome to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone, where America's top cleaning expert shows you the ins and outs of keeping a clean home and a clean business. From expert advice to cutting-edge interviews, Debbie uses her 30 years experience to bring you the insight you need to be cleaning up. And now, here's your host, Debbie Sardone. Welcome to Episode 3 of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. Please like us on Facebook at Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone and follow me on Twitter at Debbie Sardone. Now Google my name this week. Go out there and Google Debbie Sardone and you will see a firestorm of media attention. In our Go Get Her segment, I'm sharing tips on how giving can make you famous. The week started with an international article that was posted online about my nonprofit. And that article touched off a firestorm of attention that got picked up all over the country by news outlets, media outlets everywhere. And I got a call from Inside Edition to do an interview. I got a call from a reporter from Today.com, which is the online version of the Today Show. That article published last Friday, Saturday, I believe, Saturday morning or Friday morning. A major reality TV show has been in touch with me regarding my business and my business growth. Uh, Friday, I'll be giving cleaning tips on Good Morning Texas. And I'm not telling you all of this to brag. That's not why I'm sharing this information with you. In our Go Get Her segment, I want to share with you how to go get what you want in business because it's not going to fall in your lap. It's all about giving. And when you give, you will discover that you get back. These opportunities are a result of giving in the first place. Years ago, when I first started my business, I volunteered at one of the local high schools that held adult community education classes at night. I volunteered my time to go in and teach speed cleaning classes. And I didn't get paid for that. I mean, I think they actually gave me a nominal fee, but it wasn't worth the time invested as far as the money goes. But I just gave. And the class became so popular they invited me back and then they asked me to be a regular so once a quarter I was teaching these classes and my class was packed who would have thought people will actually pay money and show up after work and listen to this little lady who owns a cleaning service talk about speed cleaning for two hours and it touched a nerve in people's lives they were frustrated by their house cleaning and maybe they couldn't afford a house cleaning service or didn't know how to hire one or if they could trust one and they wanted to learn about house cleaning and I gave and I did that literally for years little did I know that that giving was making me somewhat famous in my own community people were beginning to recognize me as an expert I would run into people at the store and they would say oh I was in your class or even years later I would go on an in-home estimate with a new client and they would remind me, I was in your class four years ago. I took your speed cleaning class. Giving can make you famous. It can make your name known. These opportunities, when you give back, 
don't fall on your lap. You have to go find them. Somebody didn't call me up on the phone one day and invite me to teach the class. I contacted them and said, would you like an instructor? Is this a topic you think people would be interested in? And I remember they said, well, we don't know. We've never had this topic before. We don't know if people will sign up and pay. And it became one of their most popular classes. And they asked me every single quarter to teach. That didn't fall in my lap. I had to go get it. Same thing with media. The cleaning tips I'll be doing on TV on Friday, actually. It's it's on a local network station, a Channel 8 station. And I'll be giving cleaning tips on how to clean up your home towards the end of the year, getting things ready for the new year. That didn't fall in my lap. I went and got that opportunity. I call the network stations. I email the producers. Whenever there's a topic in the media that I know my expertise will fit, I will reach out to the show's producers and say, would you be interested in end of the year cleanup tips or first uh, New Year's cleanup tips on how to get your home ready? You have to ask for it. You have to go get it. I've called reporters. I've emailed reporters and said, I have a story I'd like to share with you about my nonprofit. Do you think this is a good fit for your readers, for your listeners, for your viewers, But depending on whether it's TV or radio? You have to go get it. Things don't fall in your lap. And you have to give. I have volunteered to speak at conferences I haven't gotten paid. I've traveled at my own expense to speak to a room full of maid services, help them with their business, give them valuable business tips. I paid my own travel to get there. I spoke for free without ever getting a speaker's fee. But all that giving ended up causing me to get. All that giving helped me build a consulting business where people now all over the world will hire me to train them and help them in their business. You have to start with giving, but then you have to go out there and get it. You have to shake the bushes. You have to contact the media. And you have to remind them that you're there. They will quickly forget your name if you don't stay in touch. I promise you, in the next month or two, if there's a flu epidemic, I'll be on the phone with the media. Do you need some expert advice on how to sanitize the home, how to sanitize the workplace? Those are things you have to do on your own to go out and get the exposure. It won't fall in your lap. Write some articles for your local newspaper. Yes, it's time consuming. And yes, your time is valuable. But that's exposure. And that's establishing your expertise in your own community. Volunteer to speak, teach, hold some seminars, give your expertise. And don't have that scarcity mentality that says, well, I'd rather be paid for my time. Sometimes the payment is afterwards when you get a new client. When I speak at maid service conferences and I spend all that money for travel and I never get a speaker's fee, I'll sell thousands of dollars worth of products and training and consulting after my workshops because people who are never exposed to my expertise all of a sudden realize I have something that I can help them with. So Go and get it and start with giving. When you know there's a hometown hero segment in your community, don't wish and hope that somehow they'll learn of something you've done and that they'll contact you. Go ask for it. Submit an application. Toot your own horn. And I'm not talking about bragging or being obnoxious, but you have not because you ask not. You have to go and ask for it. If you hear about... um, 
awards that are given. Submit your name if you qualify. If you know you qualify, go and get it. Don't wait for it to fall in your lap. Don't wait for the television network to find you. Go find them if you have an expertise that will fit the story of the day. These opportunities are all around and people aren't taking advantage of them. Yes, rejection is painful. I get that. And oftentimes rejection is the reason why people don't reach out and don't ask. What's the worst that can happen if you ask? The absolute worst that can happen is they'll say, no, thank you. We already have an expert. No, thank you. That's not a topic we talk on. So what? It's a little bit of an ego bruise. But what's the benefit if they absolutely say yes? The benefit is, wow, you just got in front of a new audience. You were able to demonstrate your expertise. And now you have material to share on your social sites and to lend credibility as you build your business. I think about my good friend, Jeff Crilly. He is the founder of this radio network. And I think about how his go-giving attitude has built his business. In the early days of my nonprofit, we didn't have two nickels to rub together. What did he do? He gave, and he gave, and he gave. But he also didn't just sit around and wait. He would call me up on the phone. What do you need? How can I help you? And he helped us build our organization. And basically, the Real News PR and Jeff Crilly and his team are responsible for making sure our organization was out in the public and thousands of women have been helped as a result. What's the concept here? Go give and go get. Don't wait for things to fall in your lap. Don't wait for the media to find you. Go find them. Make yourself famous because nobody else is going to do that for you. Coming up next, expert advice on how to stop procrastinating and get more done in your day. More of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone is next on the Real News Communications Network. I'm a third grade teacher. I'm a school bus driver. I am a parent. I am a teacher's aide. And I agree to be identified as a caring adult who pledges to help bullied students. I will listen carefully to all students who seek my help. And act on their behalf. To put an immediate stop to bullying. I will work with other caring adults to create a safe learning environment for all the students in my school. In my school. In my school. In my school. I'm Dennis Van Roekel, president of the National Education Association. Help us create safe, bully-free learning environments for all students. One caring adult can make all the difference. Be that adult and take the pledge at nea.org slash bullyfree. Adults have the power to stop bullying in our schools. It starts with me. It starts with me. It starts with me. It starts with me. Bully-free. It starts with me. Visit nea.org slash bullyfree. A message from the National Education Association. Who says green can't be clean? Here's a tip that many professional home cleaning services already know. You can power through the grime in less time with our 100% naturally safe speed cleaning products. Don't waste your time with the products that don't work. Our non-toxic cleaners are safe around pets and people, yet tough on dirt. If you want to clean your home in half the time, visit speedcleaning.com and sign up for our speed cleaning tip of the week. Something that every business owner relies on is good advice. And that's where SCORE can help. 
SCORE is a nonprofit organization where we provide free business consulting services to people who want to start a business. For nearly 50 years, SCORE mentors have been helping businesses realize their dreams. What's even better than dreams is making a dream come true. Volunteer your expertise. You've got it. Share it. Volunteer your expertise today at SCORE.org. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. And we're back. This is segment two of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. I have an expert guest with us today to help us with the number one frustration of every busy person managing our time. I have Art Locke from Flower Mound, Texas. Art is a business performance coach with Focal Point. His mission is to help entrepreneurs get everything they can out of their business and out of themselves. His expertise in enabling service-based businesses to deliver on their promise and on their brand. He has more than 30 years of experience building and leading successful teams to create wildly enthusiastic customers. And these days, if customers aren't wild about us, we could be in a lot of trouble. Art, thank you for being here today. Well, Debbie, thanks for having me. It's a real pleasure to be here. Well, I have a lot of respect for your knowledge, and I learn something every time I hear you speak, which is why I asked you to be a guest on my show today. So what does it mean to be effective in business? That is a great question and a challenge we all, I think, struggle with. Um, You know, in 1994, Stephen Covey, the author of The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, right, worked on this concept specifically. He was all about how to get more out of your day. And one of his principles was begin with the end in mind. And that was his way of saying you have to understand what you're trying to achieve, its importance to you, and the consequences of doing it or not doing it, right? So a big part about becoming efficient is to also balance that with effectiveness. You know, Debbie, in your business, You'd lo- love your houses to be cleaned as fast as possible. That's efficiency. But you can do a really crappy job fast, too, and not be very effective. So the challenge we always face in business is how to be both effective and efficient. And Covey kind of tackled this. So he came up, he came up with this, <clears throat> you know, this concept called the urgency versus important matrix. And what he said was it's important to understand the importance and urgency of the different things on your plate. And as business owners, there's no lack of things on our plate, right? We have to understand how to separate urgency from importance. Things that are both urgent and important are the kind of do or dies, right? This is the fire alarm going off. This is the deadline you're facing at 5 p.m. today. You don't have any choice about it. That will drive your agenda. Unfortunately, what happens in our society today is there's a lot of false urgency out there. We're constantly bombarded with alerts, messages, emails, texts, phone calls. There's lots of stuff going on that has the appearance of urgency but isn't necessarily urgent. So the challenge we all have, I think, is how to, how to carve enough time in your day to focus on the things that are important to your business but not necessarily urgent. And by the way, that's the place where you get the greatest boost of productivity. So what's an example of something that's important to do but not necessarily urgent? Marketing, right? Definitely. Pro- yeah, definitely. Yep. Prospecting. Yep. Business planning, invoicing, billing, calling up customers to just out of the blue to make sure they're still satisfied with your services, right? 
So there are a lot of things that are important to do but not necessarily urgent. And the challenge for all of us is how do you build time to your calendar so you really devote concentrated, focused effort on the things that are going, going to produce high value for your business and your customers and not get derailed. Yeah, that's one of the things that business owner struggles with mm -hmm. is something is pulling us to an urgent matter to deal with. And at the end of the day, we've not accomplished any of the most important things we need to do. Right. Exactly. And so, one, I think it's really paramount to become a, an urgency filter for yourself. Become very good at understanding what really is urgent versus what has an appearance and can simply be deferred. Um, so help us identify that. Help us know how do we prioritize what is just urgent but not important and what is important and we've got to do it. So great examples are things like email, right? Email is a great example of something that can have the appearance of urgency. It's sitting there. You have an inbox. Things come in. Maybe you have an alert on your phone. You have a chime. And, you know, and in truth, in fact, a lot of people get satisfaction out of cleaning out the inbox, right? Right. But feels good. It feels good. And it, it kind of, it kind of self-actualizes you, know, you, right? It feels like an accomplishment. The, the question is, did it really, did all the time you spent on it really add value to your business? Some businesses, yeah. Some businesses live and die with what comes in the inbox. That's the nature of the business model. But for many of us, it's an administrative task. Right? I can't tell you how many times I have started my day knowing I had no appointments, I had no major projects, so I'm going to get a lot done today. And five and a half hours later, all I've done was answered emails. And mm -hmm. I've kicked myself thinking I missed all the important things. Mm -hmm. I was answering all these urgent questions that people had, but the thing that was the most important to me fell to the back burner. Yeah, you brought up a great point, too, because a lot of times urgency is created by others for us, right? Something they believe is urgent, and it may be to them. <clears throat> you know, you have the challenge of separating out, gosh, is that, is it really have the urgency they think it does, or is it fundamentally something I can defer? If I put this off for an hour, is, is it going to end the relationship? Is it going to damage the relationship with the client, for example, or the person who contacted me? If and and in many cases, I think the answer to that, yeah, no, it's not that. It's not life threatening. This is not a do or die thing, right? I think you just nailed it. It's other people's urgencies that we respond to, and then our own important issues are left to the back burner. Very much so, and it's hard to say no, right? It's, we want to please, we want to be respected, we want to be liked. We have all those things, but. You know, your time is about the only thing in life you can really control. And so you have to be very jealous of your time, and you have to be very jealous about people imposing urgency on you that derails you from the fundamental things you do in business that are going to make you successful. And this is why so many people fail at business, because they don't simply put the time in to the things that are important but not urgent that really fuel business growth and fuel customer delight. And so... That's kind of one message is be jealous, extremely jealous of your time. Be extremely uh, suspicious of people who want to create urgency for you because you know what your agenda is. You know what you have to accomplish. All right. Now, that leads to kind of the second part of the discussion, which is great art. So I, I've taken a look at what I do. I've come up with a new way to think about importance versus urgency. I, I gather I have these things I've got to do. They're absolutely critical. I'm still having trouble getting them done. Ah, procrastination. Procrastination. That right? is a problem with most entrepreneurs. And so why, what hap why do we procrastinate? You know, there are many reasons, right? Everything from no clear deadline, we're not sure how to start, we're not sure what to do specifically, 
We're overwhelmed by the enormity of what's in front of us. It's kind of like that concept of how do you eat an elephant yeah. one bite at a time instead of looking at the whole thing going, I can't do it. Right, right. But we're, yeah, exactly. You know, sometimes uh, we have inad inadequate resources, including time to do what we need to do. So there's lots can get in the way. But I always think about procrastination also has some roots, really, in our evolution as human beings. Right? And this is the thing I think we, and this is why it's so prevalent for all of us. All of us procrastinate. Why? Right? Well, think back to the, the specter of fight or flight. All right? when, we were, when we were still you know, grubbing around for food and living hand to mouth in the forest, right? we, we survived because we became very good at responding to threats. We became mm, very good at yes. responding to stress. And uh, you know, the ones who survived are the ones who could identify threats and avoid e them if at all possible. And what do you do when there's not a threat, though? You know, you know the other thing we learned as humans is to take, take it easy. Right. to harbor our resources, is to rest up, is to store up food, right? We do all these things because the next threat was around the corner. We're going to have to react. So a lot of that's been built into the way we think about life today. And the reality is procrastination is kind of, you know, two parts escape and one part self-delusion. The escape pieces are, you know, if I just, if I put things off that I don't want to do, I don't have to encounter risk. I may not have to go through change, which could be stressful. And above all, if I put something off, I won't fail at it, right? That is such a great example, the, 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 the pain points, the procrastination. If there's no pain and there's no consequences, we can put stuff off to the very last minute. And then we got to stay up all night to meet a deadline because the consequences are too severe tomorrow of missing the deadline. Right, exactly. And, and we do this all the time, right? So putting things off allows us to avoid unpleasantness, allows us to avoid, avoid discomfort and stress. And we, our self-talk kind of becomes, hey, I'll do it, just not right now, right? So what can we do to stop procrastinating? Do you have some practical tips to just kind of get us back on track? Yeah, there's, some, there's several practical things you can do. One, one thing I really advise is the concept of time blocking. So first of all, put in your calendar time to do the things that are important to do. We just had that discussion about importance, right? Put time in your calendar to handle your marketing and prospecting and all the other things you have to do to run your business successfully. And hold that time sacrosanct. So for what I mean by that. So if you book 90 minutes each week to just focus on planning, marketing, and so on, are you going to get disrupted? Yes, you will, because things do happen. But if you lose a half hour off that 90 minutes, promise yourself to make it up sometime else during that week. So you're always on the hook each week to, to put in hour, 90 minutes, whatever you think is right, to just work on the parts of your business that are important but not necessarily urgent. So and plan up front. These are the important issues and block yeah. some time. Right, exactly. That's a great, great. one. Um, set, yourself, set for yourself clear deadlines to get things done because we all work better under pressure, right? So if I know I have to get something done, I'm going to get it done by Friday at noon. And I will not, I'm not going to allow myself to get past that deadline. That's Self-imposed well. deadlines. Right. Uh, the 15 minute rule, the 30 minute rule is a good one too. Sometimes, it, you know, some tasks are very difficult to accomplish. They require intense focus. And again, this gets back to the notion of, you know, c can you find 30 minutes or an hour of really undisturbed time? Can you put things off for at least that long in your life to really focus on something that you know is important to do? Is, is the world going to end in the next 15 minutes if you fo do this one thing that really needs to get done, right? 
So whether it's 15 minutes or 30 minutes, whatever your tolerance is for work, but make it a point to kind of take, particularly when you have complex tasks, things that require lots of different pieces, like putting together a marketing campaign. Think about breaking it up into pieces that you can kind of handle without interruption for 15 to 30 minutes. You'll be great. Um, ask for advice, right? A lot of times, again, we're not sure how to start. We're not sure what to do. As a business coach, this is one of the things I do a lot of. People have a lot on their plates. They're not sure what to start with or, in some cases, how to even start the project, how to think about what, it, what should happen. So, you know, if you know mentors, you're certainly a mentor for many people, and I know you do this a lot. But don't be afraid to ask people for advice, several people for advice, about how to go tackle something specifically. It's not a weakness. People need to remember that. It's not right. a weakness to get some outsider to look at your business and help pinpoint those important issues. Because when we're in the weeds, we can't see it. Right. I am all for hiring a business coach, consultant, mentor, somebody to help you navigate your plan. That's great advice. What else have you got? Do you, do the hardest thing you have to do every day. Do it the first thing out of the block. Ah, eat that ugly frog. Eat that frog. First. The famous Brian Tracy book, our mentor. So th this is amazingly powerful because, you know, we, we put off the thing we don't want to do, and what happens? We spend all day thinking about it, worrying about it. You know, we have angst. It, it, it bleeds into the other things we're trying to do. Dreading it. We dread it, and we finally do it. And by the way, when we finally do it, we probably do a crappy job of it because we didn't leave enough time. The, hard, the most effective way to become really productive is to do the thing you fear the most first out of the block and get it behind you because when you get it done, and you will, it's going to fuel your entire day. Yeah, it feels good. It feels it's tremendous. It's like, oh, that wasn't so bad, and no. it's off my plate. It's off my plate. You've got immense satisfaction, and you can move on to the next thing. And the last thing I would just say is avoid task switching as much as possible. We all, some of us claim to be great multitaskers. It's actually one of the most unproductive things you can do because every time you stop one task and start another, you have to start, you stop, your brain stops, you have to catch up where you were, you have to rethink what I'd already done. You spend all this time kind of starting up and ramping down between tasks. It can take you five times as long to finish something if you just do it than if you do it in multitasking chunks. It's really a bad habit, and technology has made that worse. We have little pings and dings that's yeah. grabbing our attention, and our focus has shifted, and it's hard to get back to where you were, and it takes several minutes to figure out where you were. So it's, exactly. it's very unproductive. Exactly. Wow, that was so helpful, Art. I really appreciate the advice that you have given us. Art Locke, business performance coach with Focal Point. That was great advice. Thank you for being a guest on my show today. For more information on how you can get in touch with Art, visit our Facebook page, Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone. Now don't go away. We'll be right back with some quality of life tips you can't afford to miss. It was an early morning yesterday. I was up before the dawn. More of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone is next on the Real News Communications Network. What if you got rewarded for every good decision? What if your heart had a special way of letting you know it appreciates your healthy choices? Oh, I've got to get my family to eat more vegetables. Amazing! And instead of cooking with butter tonight, I think I'll saute our veggies with a heart-healthy oil. You're a genius! So really, would your food choices pay off in heart health? 
Did you know that when you replace bad fats with healthier fats, like those in canola or other vegetable oils, it can lower bad cholesterol levels. And that's good for your heart. Here's a winning idea. Take up the challenge for good health, because the you of the future will say, Fantastic! Learn more at heart.org slash face the fats. Canola Info proudly supports the American Heart Association's Face the Fats campaign. For America's wounded warriors, coming home can sometimes be a battle in itself. Making the transition back to civilian life or active duty with a traumatic injury can be the challenge of a lifetime. The USO provides every American a way to support our wounded warriors and their families through every phase of their medical treatment and rehabilitation. It's how all of us, as a community, can give something back to our heroes. It's how we can say thank you and assure them that their sacrifice is recognized and appreciated by every one of us. Join us. Visit USO.org to learn how you can make a difference in the lives of our wounded warriors and their families. The USO. Until everyone comes home. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. Welcome back to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. I'm your host, Debbie Sardone, and this is the Go Giver segment where we talk about giving and getting in your business. In business and in life, if you give, you will get. Now, how exactly do you get when you, want, when you want more out of other people? People who work with you, people who work for you, or just people in your life. How exactly do you get more out of them through giving? Or the people who maybe wait on you in a restaurant or you interact with in a store. Most of us are going about it the wrong way with our results being dismal and frustrating. Here's a hint. You can't demand or nag your way to results. You can't heap enough criticism on someone to get them to change. In fact, those tactics are counterproductive. I'll tell you about a story that happened in my business years ago. I'm thinking at least 15 years now, maybe a little bit more, but I had an office manager and her name was Gail, wonderful lady. I adored her. She was a lot of fun. We had a lot of laughs and we worked really hard in that office. Running a cleaning business is an enormous challenge and there's always staffing challenges and scheduling challenges and trying to win the jobs and trying to have enough jobs to to fill up the schedules of the workers that want work and it, it was a busy business and when she would show up for work, I mean she would literally work her head off from morning till night. She was an awesome office manager. But I ended up losing her because I didn't really understand this principle of not criticizing and instead inspiring. And you can't get what you need out of people. You will never get what you need out of people. If your first inclination is to criticize and you actually vocalize all of the things that are wrong all of the things that they could have done better. And I remember this left 
such a lasting impact on me. I remember when she gave notice, she said, honestly, Debbie, I am so tired of the should ofs and could ofs in our relationship. And you are constantly telling me, well, you could have done it this way and you should have done it that way. And second guessing all the things that I do. Sure, there are things I could have done better, but I did the best I could at the time. And I was constantly being reminded that I could have done it better. I should have done it better. That was a light bulb moment for me. That was a bitter lesson because the relationship was damaged. There was no talking her into staying. She was ready to move on. She was burned out. She had worked really hard for me and she did not feel appreciated. She was appreciated. I adored her. I counted on her. I needed her, but I shared so much corrective criticism and so little praise in our relationship that she was finally fed up. And when she quit, I mean, she left on good terms, but when she quit, it felt like a divorce. Even though I've never been through a divorce, it was someone rejecting me. It was someone saying, I don't want to be around you every single day of my life anymore, because that's what a business relationship is when somebody works for you. And I remember grieving for weeks over the loss of the friendship, over the loss of an amazing employee and beating myself up, acknowledging the fact that I had micromanaged her out the door. I had driven her up the wall with my constant uh, coaching, if you want to call it that, my constant suggestions. I had to learn the hard way by losing, really, one of the best employees I had at that time. I had to learn the hard way that I have to learn how to re- place criticism with inspiration. Don't criticize, praise. Find ways to praise the things people have done well. Find ways to inspire them to change the things that need improvement and stop criticizing. Stop pointing out every little flaw. The truth is in business, most entrepreneurs could do it better themselves. And that myth, if you want a job done right, you got to do it yourself, does not serve us well in business because we will be chained to our desk. Our business will run us if everything has to be done by the owner. And sure, maybe there were things that could have been done better, but I had to learn to just shut my mouth and let the office manager do her thing. Now that paved the way for a much better relationship with my existing office manager who does a phenomenal job. And I really work hard at praising her and inspiring her when there needs to be a change. I learned from that bitter lesson and I learned that you just cannot inspire people to change if all you do is criticize and point out their flaws. Think about how you feel when someone tells you you messed up. Don't you just feel like slinking out of the room and never being around them again? I mean, it, it just doesn't inspire you. And, you know, I, I work with business owners from around the world, cleaning business owners who are trying to figure out how to inspire their employees, how to get them motivated and how to get them to produce more and, and, and to be more motivated. And all I can say is when it comes to your relationships, whether it's 
business, whether it's personal, whether it's a coworker, um, if your own children, your spouse, resist the temptation to constantly criticize and to tweak and to constantly tell people a better way to do everything. And sometimes you do need to provide some tools or additional training or a brainstorming meeting. I was really bad about not sitting down before I had my criticism out of my mouth. I was bad about not sitting down and just saying, now, what could we have done to prevent this from happening? Instead of always marching in with the answer and always marching in with the solution and pointing out immediately how things fell apart with a specific scenario. I've, I've hopefully learned, and I know I'm better than I used to be, but I've learned that sometimes you just sit down and say, what exactly happened here? And let the other person talk about the situation and find a way to praise them on the parts that they did well. And then talk about the areas that do need improvement. You know, we've all heard of the sandwich method. And I'm a firm believer in the sandwich method of criticism and praise. And that is where, you know, on the outside, you start with, hey, you did a really great job on that project. And then in the middle, you have to sprinkle in the issues that need to be addressed. And then you wrap it up with praise again. Think about the emails that you'll open from a customer. And if you only have so many minutes in a day and and you've got dozens of emails to open and you see an email from a customer and in the subject line, it says, I'm really upset. And then you see another email from a customer and in the subject line, it says, you guys are awesome. Guess what email you'll open first, especially if you don't have a lot of time. We are all the same. It was funny, I was preparing for this show this morning and I was running late and I was in a hurry and I looked at my phone and I saw an email from someone that I could tell was going to be a compliment about my business. And normally I would not take the time to swipe my phone and read that email because I was running late and I didn't have time to read it. But I could tell by the subject line, it was a line of praise. I stopped what I was doing And I looked at the email and read it because we all want to be encouraged. Nobody wants to be criticized. Nobody wants to hear the bad news. Now, that doesn't mean you don't correct employees. And that doesn't mean you don't bring issues to them. But just understanding how demoralizing it is to be criticized and to receive that criticism from your boss is magnified by 10 And when you realize that, apply that to your personal life, apply that to your business life, apply that to your relationship with your children. I mean, it's very easy to walk into their bedroom after they've cleaned it and say, that bed is so wrinkly, it barely looks like you made it right. Or you missed those toys over there in the corner, you didn't pick them up. It's always easier to point out all the stuff that's wrong instead of, oh my goodness, this is the best room cleaning you've done in a long time. And forget the stupid wrinkles in the bed. And forget the couple of toys on the floor that they missed. These are habits. These are things that, as business owners, because we tend to be perfectionists, and we tend to want things right, and we are frustrated as business owners when they're not run right, and we delegate a task, and we feel like it could have been done better, it's frustrating for us. Because we, you know, our business is our baby. 
But the lesson is, we'll drive our best staff away. We'll drive the people around us absolutely crazy. And we won't necessarily achieve better results because people don't change when they're criticized. They change when they're inspired. And I'll kind of wrap this up with one last illustration. When people have told me, oh my goodness, Debbie, you did such a good job on that, whatever it was, it made me work harder next time to not let them down. When people have said, oh my goodness, that article was so good that you wrote, I really enjoyed it. It, make, it, it makes me feel more inspired to make sure I never just slough off and let them down and, and, and produce an article that I didn't put time and heart and soul into versus the person that says, yeah, that was, that was pretty good. You know, there were quite a few typos. And, uh, you know, there were a couple things in there I didn't agree with. That doesn't give me any motivation whatsoever to provide them with more articles or more blogs. So however you would apply that in your own life, think about what demotivates you. Think about what inspires you. Usually what inspires you is a good old at a girl, a good old pat on the back. It makes you want to work harder for that person. It makes you want to not let them down versus a criticism where you're simply thinking to yourself, oh brother, what's the use? Why do I even try around here? So learn from my mistakes and don't run off your best staff. And uh, I'd really love to hear how you inspire those around you. If you would, go to my Facebook, Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone, and post your comments on my Facebook timeline. And let us know how you're inspiring the people in your life. Now, don't go away. Next, on Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone, I'll share the one good thing you could be doing to wreck your business and your life. More of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone is next on the Real News Communications Network. Me? I started smoking when I was 13. I always thought when the time came, I could quit. No problem. Then at 28, I tried to go cold turkey and I found out how hard it really was. I made it all day without a smoke. (laughs) Right until I met up with the guys. But I learned something that night. In fact... Every time I tried to quit, there were more than a few. I learned a little more about what worked and what didn't work for me. And when I realized that I wasn't alone, that most people don't quit on their first or second attempt, I knew there was still hope. Today, I'm an ex-smoker. My only advice is to never, ever give up trying to quit. If you're trying to quit smoking, the American Lung Association is here to help every step of the way. Visit quitterinyou.org for tools, tips, and stories from smokers we've helped to finally quit for good. The American Lung Association. We support the Quitter in You at quitterinyou.org. Hi, this is Mayor Mike Rawlings. On Valentine's weekend at Fair Park, Saturday the 13th of February, couples and individuals and families are invited for a free event designed to help foster understanding and strengthen relationships with each other. Now, cities don't change and grow without people really listening to each other. I invite you to go to the safeconversations.org website 
and register today. Who says green can't be clean? Here's a tip that many professional home cleaning services already know. You can power through the grime in less time with our 100% naturally safe speed cleaning products. Don't waste your time with the products that don't work. Our non-toxic cleaners are safe around pets and people, yet tough on dirt. If you want to clean your home in half the time, visit speedcleaning.com and sign up for our speed cleaning tip of the week. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. And we're back to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. I'm Debbie, and I'm your host. And this segment is about quality of life. As entrepreneurs, we quit our day job so we could be our own boss, the captain of our own ship, work the hours we want to. But we quickly find out that new boss is meaner than the old one because we're our new boss. (laughs) And sometimes we're more demanding and more difficult than the old one ever was. The new boss is our business. That new boss can run us ragged. Let me share one of the best kept secrets for getting more done in a single day. This tool has literally revolutionized my business to free up valuable time and create more quality of life for myself. And I learned about this years ago. I sat working at my computer one day on a graphic design for a flyer that I needed for my business. Five hours later, the end result was disappointing. I'm not a graphics designer. I'm not familiar with Photoshop and other design programs. I was frustrated. I had wasted hours and hours tweaking this flyer and I spent so much time and energy on a project that I wasn't suited for. That's not what I do. That's not my skill set. It's not in my wheelhouse. I'm not a graphics designer and I realized there has to be a better way. There has to be a better way. So I went searching. I had heard about outsourcing before, but I was kind of timid about trying it. And that's when I discovered different forms of online uh, outsourcing. This tool has saved me personally hundreds and hundreds of hours of frustration. Whenever I have a digital project now, whether it's editing a video Uh, for my my YouTube channel or designing a door hanger for my maid service so that we can have those printed or designing a postcard or just designing a new business card or creating a blog post literally creating a blog post from my videos or my Periscope broadcast I now use outsourcing to get those jobs done years ago I would have labored over trying to translate my video and typing up a nice blog based on the concepts that I shared in my video, not anymore. I I mean, I would literally spend three hours trying to create a blog. Instead, I can outsource that. I can use one of these outsourcing sites online and I can have my video edited in a, you know, a a matter of, of an hour oftentimes or a blog created by the very next day. While I'm sleeping, somebody else is working on my project. A couple of sources that I've used over the years, and some of them have have been absorbed by other uh, websites or online providers, but one is Odesk, which has recently become Upwork. Um, Up, Up, 
work.com. It's for outsourcing all your needs. You can post just about any type of virtual project on these outsourcing websites. And what's really great about them is you have providers, people with skill sets from all over the world. I don't need to speak the same language as someone else if I'm just having them design a postcard. As long as I provide them with the content and the logo and the color scheme that I expect and the dimensions that I need, we don't need to you know, speak the same language or be in the same country. They can create that design, get a little bit of feedback from me, and then send it to me digitally. There's so many projects that I've used. I'm thinking about, this is kind of embarrassing to even admit, but I'm one of those fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants people, and that's why we talked about procrastination uh, earlier on. And when I need a professionally produced PowerPoint presentation, I outsource that project right there on one of those, those websites. I don't do those myself anymore. Since I do have a tendency to procrastinate, I remember I was speaking, I was going to be speaking at a conference and it was one of those busy weeks where I procrastinated all week long to get my notes together and to get all my thoughts formulated and on paper. So there I am the day before I'm to fly out for a conference where I'm speaking, I'm typing up my notes. And of course that meant I didn't have a PowerPoint presentation created. So I jumped out online on my outsourcing website and I posted a project and I attached my notes and I said I need 30 slides in PowerPoint presentation. I need it to look professional and I need it to be based on these notes with images that correspond with my notes. Within hours, within hours, I had multiple bids from people all around the world bidding to do my project. I was able to take a little bit of time take a look at their feedback because each provider has feedback. Maybe it's 95% or 98% positive. I could look at their feedback and see how other people rated their skills. And then I could take a look at their profile where they had uploaded uh, examples of their own work. So I was able to look at other PowerPoint presentations that they had as examples or other graphics designs and so forth. And so I was able to kind of formulate an opinion as to what style they would deliver and and what their skill set level was. And so within a short period of time, I had selected a provider. And also, uh, you can generally, the, the pricing and the bidding comes in at so many different ranges, you can generally sort by the highest bid to the lowest bid. So then I could kind of pick my price point that I wanted to pay. I mean, I certainly wasn't going to invest $300 for this PowerPoint. I think I, I, the winning bid, I think they bid like a hundred bucks or $120. It was very reasonable for the amount of time I would have spent creating that project. It was incredibly reasonable. I selected my bidder. I told them I need this by tomorrow when I check into my hotel <laughs> out of town. And lo and behold, got on a plane, flew to my destination, checked into my hotel, opened up my laptop. And there was that little message that said, my provider had finished my project. Of course, I was hoping it would look good because it was a little too late. But even if it didn't, if, if it was a little late, I could probably have found another provider. But I opened it up and popped open that presentation and it was absolutely beautiful. It was much more professionally done than I could have done myself because I'm not a pro at uh, PowerPoint. 
the moral of the story is if you will use tools at your disposal and if you will learn to outsource some of the tasks that you're taking on and some of the projects that you literally waste hours and hours trying to do when it's outside of your skill set, you can save yourself a ton of, mo- of time. I was actually able to go to bed at a decent time that night and not worry about spending all night long trying to turn my notes into a PowerPoint presentation. Outsourcing, it's one of the best tools you can use to give yourself a little bit of quality of life, especially if as an entrepreneur, you tend to take and bite off more than you can chew. I'll give you one more site that I use all the time for outsourcing. This one will blow your mind if you're not using it already. It's called Fiverr.com and it's F-I-V-R-R. So there's two R's in it, F-I-V-R-R.com. The crazy thing about this outsourcing site is all of the projects start for as low as $5. So I recently had a logo designed. I paid $5 for the logo design. I've had short little voiceover 30 second commercials done by professional voiceover artists or whatever they're called. And I've paid $5. And then they'll also have some upsells. Well, if you'd like to add some professional music, that's another 5 bucks. If you'd like to have this delivered within 24 hours instead of within 72 hours, that's another 5 bucks. Well, shoot, I'll pay 15 bucks if I'm on a deadline and I need it to sound good with some professional music and be delivered within the next 24 hours, I'll pay an extra $10. So Fiverr.com is kind of like one of those best kept secrets. I have literally had uh, my Facebook cover page designed by a professional on Fiverr. It was five bucks. (laughs) I have had my YouTube channel art designed on Fiverr. It was five bucks. (laughs) It's just such a great source. And what's really great about it is these are providers from all over the world. So you might need something tomorrow morning and it's 10 o'clock at night and you forgot you needed it. You can jump out there, outsource it. For somebody in another part of the world, it's just five o'clock at night and they're happy to take the project and do it and deliver it. It'll be in your inbox by tomorrow morning, first thing. So as busy professionals, if you want quality of life, you've got to learn to outsource. Stop trying to do everything yourself. We are not superhuman. Now, if you have some outsourcing stories that you'd like to share or some experiences, please share that on my Facebook timeline, Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone. Now, be sure to listen to our program each week. Next time, I'll have an expert guest with me, and we will talk about the number one frustration of every busy person. We'll also talk about how to get exactly what you want out of the people you work with and I'll share the good trait that could be wrecking your business and your life. Plus, I'll talk about giving and how giving can actually make you famous. Until next time, this is Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. For more information on cleaning up, visit us on Facebook and Twitter or at DebbieSardone.com.